you going. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh only on the Voice of the Cape. So, some 14 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it, the Friday edition of VOC Breakfast. Good to have you with us. Now, I think it was a week ago, if I'm not mistaken, when the applications or the 2022 applications um, to apply to just a child to school uh, were open by the Western Cape Education Department and so we thought a week later we'd see how things are going, what with systems and everything else, numbers etc um, and of course you know at this time of the year we always appeal to our listeners especially if you have like G mentioned a little earlier on kids that are going to grade um, R or yeah grade R as well as grade 8 to make sure that you do register them and don't wait for later on in the year or the beginning of next year and then we see all of these things start to pile up and you know go a little Haywire. But joining us online this morning is uh, Brona Hammond, Western Cape Education Department spokesperson. Brona, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. So, of course, you know, since the admissions application system opened last week, I mean, how have things been going, firstly? I think, yeah, they've been going very well. We've, we've exceeded any records from last year in terms of, you know, the number of days that the, the system has been open and the number of parents that have applied. So uh, we've had about 60,000 parents now that have, have registered on the website and um, have made over 180,000 applications to various schools. So we think we're doing very well, but we are still appealing to, to parents that are applying for schools for next year, for 2022, specifically those in R1 and 8, uh, to please ensure that you do make those applications before the 26th of March. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in terms of those applications, you know, we were speaking about the online applications last mm-hmm. week um, or, you know, perhaps going to your child's school or district office. Um, perhaps, you know, just uh, once again, letting us know in terms of applications, how can they be made, where should we go to, etc.? So for your application, you've got two options. The preferred option is the online option because it it does make it easier for you to track your application. Um, It's actually very easy. Once you register, it's it's quite easy to to select schools in terms of your order of preference. Um, And you can just upload documents. Now, those documents that you require is your birth certificate, immunization card if you're in primary school, you know, a, a permit if you're a foreigner, as well as your previous report card and your proof of residence. So those are the documents that you should have at hand. They can be uploaded, but it really does make it easy to just select the schools once you, you're on that actual website. But um, if you haven't got means to technology, then you can go to the school and make a paper-based application, and then the school will upload your documents. Now, you know, there have been some queries, you know, asking if I make an online application, do I then still need to go into school, or is it just either or? Yeah, this is where where we are trying to make it easier for parents, and we we haven't got the right, right just there right now. Like I think next year, I think we'll have it more just like online, it's online. But some schools are um, requesting additional application forms. I know that I've applied for some schools for my children, and two of them I don't have to do anything else for. But in the other two schools, I've I've got to submit another application. So it really is dependent on the school. So the suggestion is that you call the school and you ask them what, what is their required methods that they need. But once you've done the online application, then it's just, it's just that if they do require additional um, documents, that you do submit them before the 26th of March as well. And let's talk about those um, requiring a, a, a documents, Plona. Just very quickly, what is it that they need again? So it's your identification birth certificate, 
uh, your or foreign permit, and then you've got your previous report card from your previous school, your immunisation card if you're applying for um, a primary school, and then you've got your proof of residence. Great. Uh, Bruno, also, you know, and, and, and I know we're specifically, um, you know, talking about the, the process up until the 26th of March for the WCD 2022 applications. But I wanted to talk to you about something, if you don't mind, also just very quickly. And that is with regards to an article that appeared in the newspapers yesterday about the WCD that's keeping uh, quiet on the actual number of educators or, um, you know, WCD employees that are actually infected with COVID-19. Uh, You know what, I I think I've never been more disappointed in a newspaper article in my life and the fact that that the U.S. Union said that because firstly, they've never asked us for those stats. We've had other unions that have come to us because they want to see memorials or remembrances and and, and we've given them those stats freely. Um, uh, We also yesterday looked at all the the media queries that have come to us asking us for those stats. I've been on your radio show, been very open and honest about the stats. I was on um, Voice of the Cat two, three weeks ago and that was a specific question. We have never, ever said we would not provide the stats and that I have to make very clear. We've been very open about it. We have I think the latest, I don't have because I haven't got the document in front of me, is um, it's 108 edge cases have sadly passed away in this province. Um, and I think it's about 140 altogether that uh, has been affected by the WCD. So we have definitely been impacted. In terms of our educator cohort, it is about 0.34% of our educators have passed away to, to COVID. But I can assure you that we've never, ever not been um, never disclosed it and even with that media query when the journalist asked me how many cases we provided this you know moments later so unfortunately that headline was completely disingenuous and completely false and it really disappoints us because we have played open cards with it and it's important that we 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 inform the public about this and we've got nothing to hide because that's the fact and that's Mm. that's the unfortunate reality of this pandemic pandemic Uh, Bruno, then also, um, uh, just before Sabre comes in here again, just one last thing, you know, now that we, we've seen that the numbers um, for COVID-19 infections are stabilizing at the moment, you know, there are talks about the third wave, the W, um, the, the, the Department of Health at least, you know, seems like they've got, um, you know, all systems ready and, and, and good to go should that uh, time hit. But um, are the talks underway to reopen schools completely as these numbers are now sort of, you know, stabilizing? Well, as you know, we've moved to alert level one, um, and then with the, the latest direction from DBE, because we work under different directions in terms of specific um, uh, specific directions for schools. And from the 12th of, uh, we're working on the 12th of February directions, but uh, we do expect new directions based on the new move to alert level one this afternoon, actually. So we're waiting to see if that will affect um, our schools and how it will affect our schools. So, for instance, it might, um, you know, relax some of the the conditions around sporting, for Mm. example. However, um, I I know that it will not relax some of the health and safety regulations that we've got and, and, and do apply in schools, such as the screening, the wearing of masks, specifically for high school learners, and then also for um, the fact that, that we've got, um, you know, the, the sanitizing, the cleaning of the schools, and, and the, the decontamination. And the roster system, Bruno? Sorry, and the? The, the roster system? Uh, uh, no, no, so that's already in the 12th of February um, direction. It indicated that if schools have a large enough capacity, they don't have to apply that 50% rule anymore. 
that they can take back all of their learners and actually have the normal school timetable that they had previously before COVID hit our shores. But that is dependent on the fact that they have to have a one meter distance rule in the classroom and their facilities obviously need to be large enough to accommodate having all learners back. Mm. So it is a management thing that schools have to manage, but they also need to be compliant with those directions. Right. All right. Now, um, Bernard, there's two questions that have come through, and I've seen uh, an increasing number of similar questions come through over the week as well. So perhaps let's go to the first one in terms of um, this listener asking, if you, and I know we've spoken about this before, but if your child is already in grade R at a particular school, does one still need to reapply for grade one at the same school? I would ask the school. Um, I know that I had to do so for my son, but yes, it depends if it is an independent institution. So some of the schools, um, you do not have to do that. Some of the schools you do, and they should have informed you if you are required to do so. Mm. Um, So it depends because a grade R isn't actually part of the formal public schooling system as yet in terms of the South African Schools Act. some institutions like schools are independent. So I know it does make things a bit confusing, and but it just it does require you just to perhaps ask the, the school secretary, do we need to make that application? And in some instances you may have to, and in some instances you may not have to. Sure. And then the second question coming through this morning says, my son is repeating grade one. We moved from Mitchell's Plain to Blue Downs. I can't find place at any school for him. My daughter did, however, send emails to the department. Is there any advice? And I think, Bruno, also, you know, at this time of year, where you see families, um, you know, moving from certain areas to other areas, you know, and in terms of placement, how does it then work if they can't find place um, or placement at a nearby school? Yeah, we are really, we are struggling. I mean, we, we've made no, um, we, we've been quite open about it. You know, our schools are full. There's, there's no doubt about it. And grade one and grade eight are our blockage areas. We we had new stats that came out yesterday that indicated that we've had a, a, about approximately 17,000 learners that registered for the first time from other provinces. So that's 17,000 learners that just came into our province without us actually being fully prepared for those 17,000. We do know that we get learners from other provinces every year, but we just can't keep up with that demand because, it, you know, 17,000 learners requires us to build 17 new schools every year just to accommodate that, never mind the growth we are seeing within the province itself. So it really is a struggle for us. We are trying very hard to try and place all learners. And I think it requires that that parent specifically call the district office, that's the Metro South district office, and make um, an and ask if the application for an unplaced learner has been um, uploaded to their system. Mm-hmm. But I do just want to say to any parents listening, because of the, the absolute strain we are under, um, it, that, that please never deregister your child from a school until you've confirmed a place in another school. I know that some parents do that, and I'm not talking about the specific case because if it is a far distance, that's understandable. But it, um, we do see parents that do deregister because they may be unhappy with the school in the first few days or whatever it may be but it, it, we just would like to warn them because we we are trying to place learners we've had thousands of applications that have come in late and it really has affected our planning this year and i think COVID also is um you know to hamper that um because many parents were not concentrating on applications right. although it did before the, the pandemic began. But uh, that's why this application process now I think is 
important than ever, and we really are appealing before the 26th of March to please, mm. please, please register. Grace, in fact, we're going to touch basically closer to the date again and sometime next week as well to find out what happened today in terms of the new brief that's going to be um, uh, spread out uh, to the various provinces. Prana, how many WCD spokesperson?